0: This is Passion for Your Passions, a podcast where we work together up to the last second to share our interests with you. I'm Krista.
1: And I'm Julie. Today, we're talking about The Great British Baking Show. So not to date our recording, but the first episode of the new Dexter series came out. Did you watch it? I
0: did watch it. Did you watch it? <laughs> Does that surprise you? Did you watch it? I did. Okay. So we're going to have a Dexter, a Dexter talk? <laughs> a oh Dexter- man, do we, do we want to talk about that? Are you hopeful? Optimistic? <laughs> I mean, we talked about this a little bit in the writing episode. How much it hurt you? (laughs) That was one of the worst endings I ever experienced, ever, at all. They're trying to make up for it. I just, I don't know if I can be made up. That's my only fear. But my husband wanted to watch it. I really didn't. I was like, I actively don't want to watch this. Because that ending, like, I think, I don't remember if I said this in the writing episode or not. It made me, like, feel sick, like, afterwards. Like, I felt terrible for, like, two days afterwards. I don't know why it had that big of an effect on me, but for some it was, like, such a slap in the face. It was so, like, this was the complete wrong ending. There was one guy who told me that he liked that ending, and it was like, no. <laughs> like when someone said, I thought Thor 2 was a good Excuse
1: me? No, your opinion no longer matters. <laughs> disregard everything you said to this point (laughs) now i will
0: say the first episode wasn't the worst it was a little bit weird i'm not gonna say it was like perfect i i think like the thing that i didn't quite like i don't like some of the things that they did but i liked the setting probably more than i thought i would like i think if they had I don't know. How much of this do I want to spoil? I'm not really sure. It's only episode one. Yeah. Okay. So, fine. Dexter starts killing people really quick. And I think that was the part that I didn't like about it. Because I liked the setting and I kind of liked the things that they were setting up with that. But then it, he just, like, kind of starts killing again really quickly. And it was like, I wish you would have waited, like, one more episode before you started yeah. killing again. <laughs> Well, I guess the point of this season is
1: to kind of, like, the reason why we haven't talked about him in 10 years because he ain't fucking done anything. So now he's gonna do something. And, like, it was expected, I think. And so they just, like, steered into the curve of, like, you know he's yeah. gonna kill people. <laughs> that's the
0: whole show, so... I did like the setting a lot more than I thought I would. I don't know why. It's weird. Because we live in the land of the corn, but also... We come, we both come from like a rather small town. Uh, and I don't really have very strong feelings about living in a small town, but then it's weird. I really tend to like stuff that takes place in a small town, which is very bizarre. I don't know why that is because I live in a small town and I don't really like it very much. <laughs> I think it's because you like characters, and in a small town, you have like more time to spend on
1: people. It's not like you know, so many people in and out, you don't really care about anybody. It's like everyone cares about everyone in a small town, and so you get to learn about them through everybody. Yeah.
0: So it's like that feeling of just knowing characters and liking them. And you also get all the quirks and the little tiny uh, store that sells random crap and sells like three things. And yeah. then, you know, the random uh, bar that sells like three things. That everyone goes to after their shift. That doesn't really happen, I don't think. No, it doesn't.
1: <laughs> it kinda like some of it does. Like there are people from like our high school that frequent at a bar. None of these people are people we would enjoy the
0: company of, so like the one that asked the ones who asked you all about your hooker problems. Yeah. Had <laughs> <laughs> a lot to say about that. Just FYI, in case people are curious about this, this was because uh, during Nick Cage, Julie was posting a lot of quotes, and she was posting them without reference, and one of them had to do with a hooker, and people on Facebook were very concerned. Yeah. And some people weren't concerned. People were ready to bury a body for me,
1: so that's nice to know. I did- I don't remember what movie it was, but I did post, like, a Nicolas Cage quote recently, and a few people were concerned. I had to be like, it's a fucking movie! (laughs) <laughs> what was the quote? I don't even remember. Hold on. That was a lot You're having time. a hard time. How in Zeus's butthole did you get out? <laughs> That's how he says it. He's just, like, really calm. He goes, so how in Zeus's butthole did you get out last time? Like, he gets, like, really animated. And I posted it, and people were, like, asking me a bunch of stuff. I'm like, go away!
0: Like, it's a quote. Fuck off. <laughs> I don't know why everybody gets so concerned about you. I don't know. Like, that's their first reaction. Like, it's just, there's, like, so many other people would just post this stuff and, like,
1: not even care. This isn't a meme. Is this a call for help, Julie? Like, no. (laughs) It's basically a meme from me. (laughs) Without a picture. I'm sorry. (laughs) Yeah, it was because Sean Connery passed away, which I'm super sad about. Though also, he, like, died peacefully at age 90. I feel like that's fine. Uh, In his Bahama, like, beach house or whatever. So I watched The Rock because I was like, I gotta watch a Nicolas Cage movie today. Let's go both of them in it! (laughs) Let's let's go! And it's my favorite Nicolas Cage movie. It still is so far. Of the good ones, I'll say that. It's my favorite good one. (laughs) Fair. My favorite bad one's still Rage right now. I still fucking have rage, <laughs> though. Not to extend this cold opener anymore. Uh, I watched obviously like a dozen Nicolas Cage movies since our last recording. My favorite bad one, otherwise, is um, Willy's Wonderland. Nicolas Cage doesn't say one word. He doesn't say a single word through this whole movie, and it's great. <laughs> it's essentially Five Nights at Freddy's. Except for Nicolas Cage is in god mode. <laughs> and the whole movie is, like, they set him up to, like, clean this haunted animatronic, like, playset thing. And they're like, we'll come get you in the morning, like, and we'll pay for your car and stuff. And he just nods and goes in. And so one of the animatrons tries to kill him, and he just destroys it. Just absolutely destroys it. Doesn't say a word. And then he keeps cleaning. <laughs> And that's, like, the whole thing with him. He cleans, plays pinball, murders animatronics, and drinks punch. And that is all he does <laughs> through this whole movie. Wearing, why? Because like, it's great. Why does this movie exist? <laughs> it's so good, that's why. And then there's, like, a group of teenagers that, like, <laughs> want to destroy it. And they're really serious. And, like, the one girl's like, there's a guy in there. We have to get him out. Like, I'm not going to burn this place down while there's a guy in it. And he just, like, all the teenagers get murdered by the, like, animatrons, and then Nick Cage just, like, fucks them all up <laughs> over time. And then he leaves with his car, all, like, super cool cat and the last living teenagers, like, I guess you're my dad now, and just leaves with him. <laughs> so <great. laughs> Not one word. <laughs> Why does he also th- not talk? She even asks, she's like, do you not fucking talk? Are you stupid? And he just picks her up and puts her down, like... Not now, child. Like, he doesn't say a single word. I guess they couldn't afford it, and it's great.
0: (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Okay, well, this is a good way for us (laughs) to start talking about our topic, I guess. (laughs) Because there's no natural segue from that. (laughs) (laughs) How do you... Where do you go from there? (laughs) We're talking about Great British Bake Off. That's what we decided, because in one of the last episodes, we had a very very, very long rant. So we figured we should probably extend this rant into a whole episode. Hello, bakers.
1: Welcome back to the tent. It's time for your technical challenge. And today it's
0: been set for you by the lovely Prue. So our final technical challenge is Sussex Pond Pudding, a particular favorite of mine, actually. This is not the prettiest pudding in the world, but it's sort of surprising because there's a whole lemon inside. How... In the name of Zeus's On your Get Set. Bank.
1: Right. So for all of you that didn't listen to that episode and don't or live under a rock, because I think it's like the most popular cooking show by now, um, other than maybe like Iron Chef. But Great British Baking Show is a baking show based in Britain. If you didn't pick all that up. Um I will tell... I think I mentioned it in another episode, but just a quick, like, little fun fact. The reason why it's called Baking Show in America is because the term Bake Off is owned by Pillsbury. And they couldn't use that name when they, tra- like, transferred it over to the American station.
0: So that's, that's pretty
1: funny. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I was like... Because I, mean, I got confused by that when I was trying to watch, like, seasons we didn't have and stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's why. Pillsbury's why.
0: <laughs> but, I mean, it's... It's a very good show. And I mean, okay, that's a weird thing to just say about it up front. But it's very wholesome. And I think, like, one of the other things I'll mention about it is it's very relatable in a way. Because, you know, you watch some baking shows or cooking shows or whatever kind of shows. And especially Americanized ones, they have this tendency of feeling impossible. Like, you'll watch people bake things, you'll watch people cook things, and it's like, I could not make that on my life. Like, if you gave me the recipe, I could physically not cook this. Uh, But with Great British Bake Off, like, it pretty much always feels doable. Like, yeah, there's a couple people who, yeah, they have, like, fantastic whatever things, and it's cool, but, like... You look at it, and it's not, like, so over the top that it makes you feel like, no, no, no. <laughs> no, no, no. How'd they do this? What wizardry is
1: this? Well, the other part of it is they really humanize the contestants. While a lot of American competitions, it's kind of like they're trying to prove that they're inhuman. Like, they're perfect and have all this. Or they're uncharacteristically, annoyingly quirky. Like, there's no other way around. They do one or the other. They're either like, I have all these tattoos, and I'm super deep and dark, but I love this vanilla crimp. Like, it's like, okay. Okay. <laughs> pass move along, or they're just hyper competitive. While in Great British Bake Off, you start to like the people, like, they're relatable, they struggle, they talk about their struggles, they're like, okay, don't panic, don't panic, just open the door and look at your dessert! Like, it's okay! Like, they ha- they're very humanized, and I really appreciate that, because that's something we're moving more towards in current TV, but it's been something that's been lacking for quite a while. So it's really nice.
0: Yeah. So, in general... Why do we care about this show so much? Besides all the reasons, I guess, we just mentioned.
1: I still love that your segues are, let me remind you that I'm segwaying here. And this is how. Instead of just segwaying, you just make it so complicated. (laughs) Segway. Segway. Uh, So I love this show because it's essentially why I bake now. And it's kind of, I kind of talked about it in my baking episode that probably nobody listened to. But it feels like a lifetime ago. I know. I think that was like back in March. Um, so, I mean, like I have cooked and baked and I made cheesecakes and stuff. But like, you know, I knew how to bake. But that was about it. I didn't really care much beyond that. And with this show, I just kept seeing things I wanted to do and being like, can I do that though? Or seeing things I wanted to taste and be like, can I do that though? And then I, you know, like four, five years later, I'm everyone's cake maker and shit. <laughs> That's just how it goes. So, do you, do you ever make a Chelsea bun? <laughs> You've asked me this before. I've made them before. I don't, like, on a whim just decide to make Chelsea
0: buns now. I want one. Okay. I mean, you don't have to make me one. I just, I want one. You know, every time your... I watch it, I'm like, man.
1: For your birthday, I ask you what you want, and you never fucking say a Chelsea bun. So that's on you. <laughs>
0: I have to remember.
1: <laughs> You're always like, "Yeah, strawberries fine." Instead of I do give
0: like, me a fucking Chelsea bun. I like strawberry stuff. That's one of my things. But yeah, I've, lately I just really want a Chelsea bun, and I know that it's just going to taste like a weird cinnamon roll. I know this, <laughs> but I just want you to eat to experience
1: it. it. I can't.
0: I can't get it out of my head. Every time they bake it on Great British Bake Off, I want it. No, um. But from my... But <laughs> well, anyway... I'm trying, trying to stake my... You're, I'm gonna stake with- <laughs> my... Yeah, you're going Well, you also... You shut me out for being able to talk about it. So I was like, well, am I gonna talk about this or am I gonna move on? But I had a couple things so I wanted Krista, to say. So, Krista, you love this show. Do you
1: not? <laughs> what would you say is so grand about such a show as this?
0: Why it is beautiful from head to toe. <laughs> no. I... Love cooking shows. That's there kind of what I wanted to put out there. I can't explain why because I'm not really that good of a cook or much of a cook. I can cook. Like, I can cook well enough. Like, if you give me a recipe, I can do it. I, I wouldn't say I could cook anything complicated or bake anything complicated. It's just not really something I'm great at, to be honest. And, but... I like to watch all this stuff. Like, I, I've i watched Chopped, like, quite a lot of Chopped. I've watched, like, a lot of MasterChef. I watched a whole bunch of Cake Boss, which is kind of a weird one because that's, like, super not relevant anymore. But I did watch a lot of it. And I just like it. I like to watch people cook. And I think, like, when I first started watching Great British Bake Off, it was probably, like, around 2016, something like that. And I think it was because I watch a fair amount of YouTube, and on YouTube, people just kept recommending this show. Like, they were like, dude, you gotta watch this show. It's like the chillest show you've ever seen, and it's great, and it's wonderful. And I don't know, I guess enough people were just talking about it that I was like, okay, I
1: gotta, gotta watch it.
0: this. <laughs> and I watched it, and I was like, yeah. I get it. <laughs> this show is really chill, and I do like this. <laughs> and then I just kept watching.
1: So. So that's your grand.
0: <laughs> that I've watched it. Yeah. And I like cooking shows, which I don't even know is that controversial of an opinion. I just nah. I just don't know why I care. Is Since you don't thing. particularly like cook or bake. I mean, I do sometimes. It's just not like an all the time thing for me. Like, I cook basically when I want to. And I bake, basically, when I want to. But it's not like I'm sitting here every single week like, oh, yeah, I gotta make this super awesome thing because it'll make me feel good about myself or whatever. Like, it's just like, whatever. If I want to make ramen, I'll make ramen. But, like, it's not, like, I'm not gonna make ramen every week for three months until I make the perfect ramen. Like, I'm just not that kind of person. That's not me.
1: I am all those things, so it's kind of funny. I'm like, are you attacking me right now? You're just like, yeah. I'm not the kind of person like, I want to make that make feel good about myself. I do that. And you're like, I'm not the kind of person that's gonna make ramen every day for three weeks so they get the perfect. I literally spent months doing this. <laughs> like, like, why, why are you attacking
0: me right now? <laughs> I just want you to feel bad. Oh, no, I, I think it's cool that people do. I just, I don't know why. I'm not I think it's probably because growing up, like, my mom didn't cook very much. So it's, like, not really something I think about doing. I mean, I do cook, like, on a daily basis. It's just, like, I'm not cooking complicated things when I'm cooking. I will cook complicated things generally when I want to.
1: (laughs) Well, the thing about cooking shows is it's a common thing for people to like even when they don't cook. And... When you break it down, there are all different kinds of cooking shows, but for whatever reason that you like them, but they're the comedy type ones that I fucking hate, like Nailed It, Nailed It can suck my nads, so like, (laughs) I just hate that show, and then there's the ones that are like high stakes competition, that like, get your heart racing, it's kind of like a sport, where people are like, who's gonna get it this time, like, what's gonna happen? Mm -hmm. And then there's the heartfelt ones, they're like, here's my kitchen, I'm Italian, I love Italian food. Let's, let's go over that. It's so neat and clean, like every kitchen in the world. And that just gives you like that feeling of like, yes, the world is good because you're able to do this. Like I couldn't, but I'm glad you're here. And the idea that you could be better and you could be one of those people that does these things yeah. with them. But then like the competition shows tend to be where I go because my cooking and baking levels are higher than most people. And so then like, I want to watch Zumbo's Great Just Desserts because it's, like, top-tier patissier nonsense. It's, like, not tangible for the average person. And then the reason why Great British Baking Show or Bake Off is so good for everybody and everybody loves it is because, like you said, like, I think I could do that. Like, a lot of the stuff they do, you'd be like, yeah, maybe I could do that. And then you love the people. So then you also get that homey feeling from those other shows where you're like, oh, I know this person, I know their kitchen. And then you get the competition aspect because you've got the judges, you've got, like, the people high stakes against each other. And there is occasionally... I can only really think of one season that's, like, really prevalent. There's, like, a drama with the competition and stuff like that. So it kind of wraps it all into one. And then there's the occasional, like, crazy bake that you can't manage. Like, that lion bread thing. Like, what the fuck even is that? Like, who, who would do this thing? Like... <laughs> So I think the reason why this show is so popular is because all these aspects of cooking shows, it gets a little bit of all of them. Like, it can capture any audience that would like anything to do with cooking.
0: And another thing that I'll mention, which does kind of go on what you're saying, that I don't think we've mentioned so far, is that these people are specifically home bakers. Which I think is something that isn't done as much in America. Like, I think typically when you're walking, watching American cooking shows or competition shows, they tend to be, like, professional bakers. Or every once in a while, they'll be like, oh, yeah, they're a home baker. But it's, like, kind of looked down upon. Yeah, and typically. they get kicked early. <laughs> they yeah. rarely make it very far. But these ones, like, they are specifically all home bakers. Every single time, all the time. Um, and that definitely makes it in a way, feel more relatable. Like like I was saying, in that way of like, yeah, I could do that. I could bake that, you know, if I just had the recipe and the time and this and that. Because, you know, they feel like they're real people. And one of the things, too, that I even love about it is the diversity of people. And I know that that maybe sounds kind of strange, but, like, there is really a lot of diversity on there. And even in, like, the way of, you know, like, you'll get, like... People you might expect like kind of older grandma type characters or like a gay guy who loves baking or something like that. But then you will also get a lot of characters on there where it'll be like just the dads. architect who <laughs> yeah, like, bakes because he misses his mom. Or like chemists or like just kind of older funny men. Like I think the men are the ones that always crack me up because like, you know, especially in America, you always kind of expect people. Uh, people to bake who are women or gay guys, like, that kind of stuff. But so it's, it's always kind of funny to me, like, to see, like, straight older guys who are bakers. Like, it just, I don't know, there's something about it where I'm like, oh, okay, that's that's pretty cool. Like, hey. it's just not really something you see as much in America. Especially just... when they're younger.
1: Like, when they're older, you're kind of like, well, I guess if they had to learn from their mom or whatever. When they're younger, you're like, that's a card. <laughs> like, what are you doing? <laughs> it's always great yeah the diversity (laughs) of that cast is really great um but now that we've kind of like gone over what's so great about the great british bake-off i guess we'll get into the the real meat of the matter which is what started the rant from before like what what don't we like about this show what would we change
0: if we were in charge Yeah, so I was thinking about this a little bit. I mean, you know, obviously we talked about this. And, you know, some of these things that we could reiterate. I think, if I'm going to talk about this, I think maybe it would almost kind of be better to, like, not talk about it as though it were Great British Bake Off. Like, if it's like, okay, if I was making my own baking show, but we'll use the mold of Great British Bake Off, what would I change about it? And I think there is the whole thing about the technical, where... I really kind of don't like the technical. There's aspects that I like about the technical, but I just, I don't like it sometimes when they're like, bake this really bizarre, super weird thing. The thing with the lemon where you have to steam the whole lemon into the pudding thing. And like, none of them could do it. Like, none of them did it right. That, I don't know. To me, that just kind of almost feels unfair. And I don't, I don't really like that. That's kind of something in general, like, in competitions, where it's like, I don't really want to watch people do something like they have no chance of doing. So, I mean, maybe if they had technical set up in a way, like, I think they've been talking on this latest season how sometimes they'll do, like, classes and stuff. Like, they'll kind of do some things together. So maybe if they did something like that where it was like, hey, like, you know, we're going to have you learn, like, how to make the perfect custard and, like, you know, like, some basic classes or something. Like, I'm sure that a lot of them have done stuff like this. Like, I'm not saying it in a way, like, oh, you know, learn the basics because you're stupid. But, like, learn the basics because, like, hey, like, we're going to teach you, like, literally how you should make a custard step by step. What is the perfect way to do this? And then, you know, maybe in that next week, it's like you apply that to something.
1: That's definitely the way I would kind of take it because... So you get the first opening, like, hey, here's a vague dessert. Put your flavors in it and your spin on it. Like, okay, cool. And you have, you know, a whole week to prepare for that idea. The second one should incorporate an element, like, from that. Like, it's something you would have learned by applying it to this first dessert, whatever it is. So if you're making, like, eclairs. That's a custard. That's a puff pastry. And then the technical can be a specific dessert that uses one or the other of that and then makes it, like, more complicated or makes it to where, like, you have to know how that dough works because you just worked with it. Here's a different incident where you don't... you're not prepared for it. Like, it's just, here it is. That, or they should take something that is inherently flawed, tell them, like, here's a recipe, figure out a better way to do this. And then whoever has the best version of that wins. Like, whatever... They could be as creative or not as creative as possible. If they want to make it what it is, but just do technically, like, better. Like, if it has, like, that lemon, like, that lemon thing could have been the perfect, like, make this edible. Like, make this something people would want to make and eat. Like, because <laughs> it's not this. <laughs> <laughs> like, let's be square. Like, it ain't this thing. <laughs> so yeah. I think it'd be a lot better if they did either improve upon a recipe or, yeah, like, hey, last week we had to do all this shit. Do you remember? Can you do it and apply those skills to a different recipe that you didn't get to practice? And that'd be a lot better way to be like, yeah, they're a great baker. Instead of, yeah. what's this random thing you've never heard of? Try it with this vague recipe in a finite amount of time.
0: like just Yeah, because, I mean, here's my thing. I don't know what it's like to be a professional baker or, like, you know, a professional cook or this and that. I assume... That they don't know how to just make all of this off the top of their head constantly. I mean, yeah, I'm sure some of the things they do enough all the time, whatever, they probably do. But, like, I'm sure there's stuff they have to look up. I'm sure there's stuff that slips their mind, even if they've done it a fair amount. They can't, like, they cannot be making all of the foods that are possible to make all of the time. Like, I'm a chemist, and, like, I have to look things up sometimes. Like, I'm just gonna put that out there. I'm sure there are people who are really smart, I'm sure that it happens, but like, it just to me, technicals sometimes just seem unfair, because it's like, look, like, unless you've made this before, or unless for some reason you know how to do it, like, you don't have a chance, like, because there's times, and like, they'll talk about this, like, at times that they're doing technicals, like, it's like you have to stir it a certain way. And it's like, okay, you know, maybe if you're familiar with that kind of dough, which again, if you've never heard of this thing before ever at all, how would you be familiar with that type of dough? Like, you might have an idea, maybe, depending on what, like, the general recipe is. But, like, if you're not, like, it's like, okay, well, I'm gonna stir it the way I think is appropriate based on things I've done before. And then if it's wrong, it's like, well, yeah, you messed that up. And it's like, okay, is that fair? I don't...
1: Well, see, this is why I like the improving recipe idea, because I think they got this from something that I do as someone who bakes all the time. I will think of a recipe, be like, ah, I wonder if someone's done that, and, like, look it up. I will correct every single fucking recipe I read. I never follow a recipe. I always have adjustments. And I think that's the idea behind it, is that you read it, and knowing what you're trying to capture, you will change the technique. But the problem with the technicals is, yeah, there's just stuff. that's like, I've never even heard of this. How am I how am I supposed to know what it's supposed to be? Like, mm-hmm. if I look up to, a tiramisu cheesecake to see if someone made it. Oh, the crust. They want me to do this, that, and this. Okay, so I think they're trying to go for this texture. That wouldn't work with this. And I don't like that flavor. So I'm going to change it to make it do this. Because I think that'd be a better flavor. That works. If you know what you're trying to capture. <laughs> so they should either, one, like, they could have... Prue or paul make it have them taste it and then try to make it like that would be a much better they could see it they could taste it okay there's your recipe go make it that would be a lot smarter if they wanted to keep with the stupid crazy shit (laughs) or like i said just improve upon something like what are you trying to do here use your skills apply them and expand and make something better It could even be, like, Paul's old recipes, like, I already fixed this, I want to see what you would do to fix it. Like, they'd have so
0: much material for that. (laughs) Yeah, I think even just, like, showing them and having them eat it would be a good one. Because, like, just so at least you could even, like, see, like, what is it supposed to, because, like, for some of them, like, they'll talk about that, they're like, I have no idea, like, what this is, or, you know, and they have, like, all the instructions and, you know, they work their way through it and this and that, but... You know, sometimes they do fine, and that's good, and, you know, cool on them. But there are plenty of times where it's like, all of them will fail the technical, essentially. And they're like, okay, well, you're the best, but, like, you didn't, nobody did this right. <laughs> and it's- well, Zumbo's Just Desserts does the tasting thing. So how that's
1: formatted is, he gives you a concept, you create a dessert based on the concept. Two weakest people go into the challenge mode, and they reveal Zumbo's creation. So if he was in the competition, this is what he would have made. And then they get to taste it and then have to recreate it. And he gives them a vague recipe and a time limit. So that's kind of like if they applied that idea to the technical, they make a lot more sense. And like these people, they're technically home bakers. I say that loosely. Um, They technically don't have like a company or anything. Like they're not super professional. But I mean, they still get within marginal range. Like, a 7 out of 10 of this. It's usually just messy. Like, they just don't finite the details. But, I mean, it tastes like it's supposed to. Most of the layers are there. So, yeah, I think if they either let them see and taste it, or, like I said, just fix a recipe, it would accomplish the same means.
0: Yeah. Or even, too, I do kind of think that that, like, almost like a class would be a good idea. Like, something along the lines of, like, You know, here is, like, literally how we think you make the perfect custard. And then, you know, in that technical, maybe you have to do something with custard. And it's like, how well did you actually learn how to do that? Mm -hmm. Did it come across well? And then, you know, if you didn't learn how to do it, then, yeah, that does kind of say something on you. Rather than it being like, no, I've just never made this before. I didn't even know what it was. (laughs) I don't know what I'm supposed to, I don't know how I was supposed to fold in the eggs. (laughs) How should I know I had to steam
1: it at 100 degrees
0: forever? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because that is that is always the one that cracks me up, is, like, when they're making stuff that's, like, a cookie or, like, a cake type of thing. And so, like, the question always becomes, like, how am I supposed to stir this? Because there there are differences in that. You know, if you're, like, supposed to whip it or if you're supposed to, like, gently fold it in or, like you know, get heat in, or if you're supposed to not get heat in, and all that kind of stuff, and, like, you'll see, like, about half of them will be like, am I supposed to do it this way? Yeah, just, like, working this around. way, yeah, <laughs> and it's just, like, it's, like, I don't know, like, they don't know what it is, so, like, how would you guess? Like, I mean, like I said, there's probably certain ones of them where you could guess, like, based on what it is, or, like, how structurally sound it needs to be, things like that, but a lot of times, it's, like, how would you guess? You don't know what it it's is. It's a rainbow
1: bagel. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: It could be the opposite just because it is a rainbow bagel. I don't know. I don't fucking know. <laughs> so, um, yeah. And I would say, like, probably one of the other things that I don't like, I don't always like how they pick their people when they come to, who they're going to send home, who they're not going to send home. I, I don't like that sometimes if they have two people, you know, they're both at, like, 50%, let's say. And the other person is typically, like, at 100%. Like, they do great. They knock out of the park every single time. But this time, they did 50%. And then they'll send home the that person, rather than sending home just the overall weaker baker. That always irritates me, too. I I kind of, like, I get the reasoning behind why they do that. And I think some of it has to do with, like, the home baking theme. Like, it's like... It's not really supposed to be so serious, but also at the same time, it just annoys the heck out of me. Because I want to see people bake who are good. Like, I'm not interested in people who are struggling. Yeah. And, like, are just going to keep struggling, you know? Like, they're clearly not going to get any better. Like, I just, I don't, I don't care. Like, I mean, it's fine maybe a little bit at the beginning, but especially once you get to the end, You shouldn't even be here anymore. Yeah, Yeah, like, I just, I don't want to watch you bake anymore. I just, you're not going to make it to the end. I know you're not going to. Yeah. kind of
1: like the survivor thing where they pick the person that everyone hates because they know when they bring them to the end, they're not going to (laughs) win. Same idea. I, there has to be some other elements at play that make them make those decisions. And I think from a media standpoint, that's what they are. Sometimes they just pick the cooler cat. Like, I don't... <laughs> it doesn't make sense to me half time. There's I think it's every other season. There's just always one person I just don't like. Like, I don't think they should be there after a certain point. And they keep kicking people I like to save this person. And this person's always in the bottom, too. It's like, they're not doing anything to redeem themselves. Like the... I'm gonna keep bringing it up. But Zumbos, Just Desserts. Like, season one, uh, there's one person who's in the bottom, like... Almost every time. But she always, like, gets a higher score on the technical part. And that's the only aspect of this. Is like, are you one of the bottom two? Then you go in this challenge mode. Who got the higher score out of this challenge mode? That's it. There's no other overhanging, like, decision. And at the very last episode, then they look back and decide. And then you also both have to do the challenge mode. This one character, she was, or character. This one competitor was always in the bottom. Every week. But it ended up... She ended up winning because, like, she was practiced in that horrible, like, challenge mode. And the person who, like, she was up against only went there once. And so it was, like, one of these just, like... That makes sense, though. Like, she practiced. Like, she was always in that fucking, like, challenge mode. And so I think Zumba's Just Desserts does everything right. (laughs) Guess what I'm saying? That's the thing. you like... (laughs) Those of you that love great brushback off, I have these same complaints we do. Zumbos just desserts is where it's at, yo. Um, yeah, it's what we said in the previous episode. You either always need to look back or, like, never do or wait until the last episode. They can't do this wishy-washy, oh, but they've grown. It's like, that's just you code for you like them. Like, I don't give a shit. Like, that's not the point. As a person who is competitive, that's not the point.
0: <laughs> yeah. And just like, I mean, even for me, which I'm not particularly competitive, I would say that I just, I want to watch people who are doing well. Like, that to me is the point. Like, the point is not to watch somebody who's struggling continue to struggle it's that's also, my life, yo. I don't need Yeah, that. that's my life. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just always struggling. I'm just always struggling. I always struggling i do not need Paul Hollywood to <laughs> I don't <laughs> to need
1: a sterling me. silver eyes and charming, like, no. like no. <laughs> no. always struggling.
0: You're really so thought. <laughs> now I'm thinking now you're Paul really Hollywood. struggling. <laughs> he has that effect on people. No, I mean, it might make sense if they applied some kind of, like, Point system that could be something that they could try to do, but man, it's like there really are just some times where it's like you really just should not have picked that person. Like, I don't know why you picked that person, it's just so irritating.
1: Yeah, it's always that one person I just hate. I'm like, why are you still here? <laughs> Get rid of them because I usually don't. I mean, every now and again, I'll dislike someone that's good just because I'm like, you're so annoying. But rarely do I just like good people. It's always the people I'm like, why are you still here? I shouldn't be seeing
0: your stupid face anymore. You should be gone. <laughs> yeah, but then every once in a while, some of my least favorites make it to the finals. Which is always very annoying to me because I'm like, "I oh, gotta vote for somebody else. I hope someone else wins. You better not win. <laughs> yeah, because I know that there was there was this one season where the girl was like a fitness girl. And was she the one that got brought back on one of the later, like, reunion seasons? No. Don't know. It's possible, but I don't remember. But she was, like, on the same season as that one Indian guy who was, like, very sad, but then he ended up winning. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, man, like, she just really frustrated. There was something about her that just... Like frustrated me the whole time. I think it was like the way that she talked was like a little bit mean. I was like, man, like I just really don't feel like you're edgy. in spirit with this with the show. Well, then the other thing is too is like you know I always say this. You you know when you have a cook, they need to be a little bit fat. That's just a rule. I don't excuse
1: wa- me. <laughs> I
0: don't like my cooks super skinny.
1: <laughs> I had this talk with someone because she was like. Uh, never trust a skinny cook. And I was just like, okay, you're either calling me fat or a bad cook. Either way, I'm pissed. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, so, what are we doing? <laughs> Which pissed am Which I pissed, am I? pissed
0: am I right now? <laughs> like... <laughs> Look, I'm just saying, like, the fitness bakers, I'm like... I hate it when they come in and they're like, I don't
1: really like sugar, so I use all these substitutes. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> like, it's cool if you do that for your grandma. I don't care otherwise, though. Like, don't come into a fucking competition with that mentality. You will not win.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I mean, the other thing is, too, is I always get, like, hooked on the, like, Baker dads and they never win. Yeah. Baker dads never win. It's, like, always, like, the architects or sometimes the grandmas or... The youngest one. Yeah. The youngest
1: one who's, like, in school and, like, up and
0: coming. yeah, super into it. So he's probably just baking constantly. Yeah. That kind (laughs) of stuff. But. Oh. Yeah. So the the last. (laughs) I was like, wait, where were we? Well, the last thing that I would change, which this is. This for me is kind of like if we were doing something that wasn't Great British Bake Off. Because I don't necessarily want to complain about Great British Bake Off particularly. It's got its flaws, but it does its thing. I get it. The one part of it that I've always been kind of confused about is so I get Paul Hollywood and Prue or Mary Berry. Whatever. They don't really bother me. Oh, the, but I was... the two comedic hosts, it is a little weird. I I like Noel. Um, I liked the two girls back when they had the original one. That was fun. I don't really remember their names now. Um, and I did like Sandy when she was there for a while.
1: But Like, it's just, it's
0: odd. Like, it's very, I don't know if this is just kind of, like, more because it's British or what it is. But, like, this is just not the kind of thing you would see in an American show. Because, like, it's weird. You have these two people who are specifically professionals. They know what they're talking about, all that kind of stuff. And they're a little bit funny. But then you have these two people, they don't know anything about baking. At all. That's, like, entirely the point. And they're just there to be funny. They're emotional support. Yeah. <laughs> but then it's also, like, it's weird because there's two of them. I guess, like, I could understand it if there was one. I'm not quite sure I understand why there's two. It was always,
1: like, they're just the, the emotional support, more or less. And, like, Zumbo's show, they have um, the two judges. They have Zumbo and, like, his companion. And then they have just, like, a girl who just yells at people. But, like, she knows how to bake as well. <laughs> So, no, I don't understand why they're not somewhat adjacent to culinary. I do not get why they're usually comedians or just entertainers, per se. Uh, I get their role, though. They're just the emotional support because no one wants to see the baker have a complete breakdown. Like, they're the ones that, like, keep an eye out and go and talk to them. But with this newer host, we both forgot his name, apparently. (laughs) That's with Noel. I don't like that with him, they've now added skits like to the beginning. His name is Matt Lucas. Matt Lucas. So now that Matt's there, like, I don't like the skits. They're just too much. I'm like, this isn't your fucking show. Like, that's what I want to say. I'm just like, <laughs> this isn't SNL. Fuck off. Like, it's a baking show. I'd rather them be more British and just show, like, the scenery, like they used to. They used to show, like, the trees and they'd talk over it all gentle, like a British show. And it's like they're trying to make some comedy skit thing in the beginning. And I fucking hate it. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, have you watched the most reasons season? I started it. They've done a better job in this one than they did to the previous one. They had a couple, like, at the beginning. They always have skits at the beginning, though. Um, But, like, he's not as intense as he was in the last season. Like, in the last season, he was kind of unbearable, to be honest. Like, his humor just did not mesh very well with, like, what had been presented in the other ones. Like, Sandy did a good job. Like, hers meshed and all that. I love Noel. I've always loved that comedian, though. Yeah. (laughs) Noel Noel is pretty good. Yeah. But I think, like, they've gotten him to tone down. (laughs) Because, like, it's it's a lot more, like, honestly, his jokes are more, like, the way Noel is. And maybe, like, they don't always hit the same way. Because I I do like Noel. And so, like, I like his jokes and things. But, like, I would say it's, like, more in that style when he tells a joke. And so it's, like, it's not as intense. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Um... (laughs) But just for me personally, like, if I was going to make, like, my own show, like I said, using Grape Rush Bake Off as a mold, I don't know if I would have two comedians. Maybe one would be fine. But, like, having two, I just think having two comedians is just, it's a weird level of complexity to me. Where it's like, why, though? Like, I could understand, like you said, with the emotional support thing, I could understand having one. But, like, because I think, like, Paul Hollywood and even, like, Prue are kind of funny, so it's like, they obviously want it to be funny overall, but I'm like, why are there so many comedians and they don't know how to bake? Like, it's just, yeah, I it's weird.
1: <laughs> they should have, like, another baker and a comedian. I understand why they don't let Prue and Paul, because they're intimidating. Like, it doesn't, even though they aren't, like, they're nice people and people aren't like, <laughs> they're gonna kill me. Like, they're still your judges. And if you're like watching them look at your stuff you're gonna get anxiety like that's just part of it so i understand why they have separate people and why they're not specifically the judges but yeah too comedian, too much like there there's if you're not doing a skit why do you have so many there should be like one comedian entertainer person and the other one should actually know how to bake (laughs) and then be able to like when they're having a meltdown or something be like hey, (laughs) and just, like, whisper, like, you should do this. I didn't say anything. Or, like, that would help in the technical. Like, when everyone's struggling, they could just be like, man, I know it takes two hours to steam a lemon. I don't know why I'm saying this. Like, just, like, they could be funny, yeah. but also just know what the fuck is going on. Yeah. And, like, that's another way to fix a technical.
0: Yeah. <laughs> just have, or, like, a presence that's, like... Or the other, the emotional support, which is, like, I'm gonna help you scoop your hot brownie off the floor. Yeah, like,
1: <laughs> and we'll cry later, it's okay. We'll cry. But like, you know what the perfect degrees is for 20 minutes? It would be 415. I don't know why I just... <laughs> feel that in my heart right now. Like, I just want them to, like, talk out loud to the comedian about this. To, like, give pointers to
0: the group. <laughs> yeah, it's just... That has been one that's just always been weird to me. But I will say, one thing that I do really like about the show... Uh, that I would have in my fake Great British Bake Off show would be uh, Paul Hollywood just being randomly in the background, like, staring off into the (laughs) the distance. (laughs) That's pretty great. Like, they're not talking about... He's not part of the scene. Like, nothing is happening at vault. He's just back there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he plays it well. He's great. (laughs) just sitting and looking very uncomfortable (laughs) while something in the foreground is going on that does not involve him. (laughs) Yeah, that's
1: pretty great. I do miss Mary Berry sometimes. I like Prue a lot, but I miss Mary Berry. <laughs> yeah, I hope that she's doing well. Yeah, she old. So it's yeah. always kind of like, she okay? Like yeah, with but... Maggie Smith, you're like, I assume they're okay because I'd hear if they weren't. But they're like really old. But I hope you're okay. I hope you're okay.
0: <laughs> no, I liked Mary Berry. I mean, I did like a lot about the original format. I understand why it changed. Although it is kind of weird that, like, pretty much just Paul Hollywood <laughs> stayed. Really, yeah. <laughs> um, but, I mean, yeah, I do like Prue. Prue's kind of funny. I think I like her more now than I did when she was first there. She's kind of, like, grown into yeah. it. And it makes more sense now. Because when she was first there, she kind of didn't really add a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it was probably because she was uncomfortable. So she didn't she didn't talk very much. Yeah. <laughs> it was like the Paul Hollywood show and the <laughs> Prue's just <laughs> kind of like, here. But support. I want... But I will say, in, like, the recent season, I think they were talking about how she's, like, 80. I think she, that's what they said. I'm like, man, you look good for 80. Yeah, she looks
1: more like she's 50. Yeah. Like, so. Damn lady. I don't
0: know. Keep eat eating that, <laughs> Keep
1: eating that lemon pie thing. You know, that weird <laughs>
0: lemon pudding thing. That was always... <sighs> I'm never gonna get over that. <laughs> no. Apparently not. Steam a whole lemon and then just eat it. What the fuck? <laughs> Yeah. She said it was good, but I'm like... You old, though. I'm <laughs> like, man, I can't imagine that this tastes like more than dish soap, but okay.
1: It's like when old people give you cherry candy and you're like, this tastes like cough medicine. They're like, this is what candy used to be. It's like, it's not anymore! We've progressed! What do you want me
0: to do? Go back to the I depression? I want this! <laughs> like, no one wants this. I mean, yeah, maybe if I was eating kale for a month. <laughs> like, it would be delicious. Nothing else. <laughs> Okay, so for this story time, this is going to kind of be a dual story time to an extent. Because what I want to talk about today is I want to talk about injuries during theater, both mentally and physically. So one of these stories does involve Julie. <laughs> we were both in, so we were both involved in this. And this is what is typically dubbed for us as the worst day ever. I I don't even remember what musical or play this was. Was this for a Christmas Carol? It would have had to have been.
1: No, it was like between. We were doing it for like one of the stage plays.
0: Okay. We were cleaning up for the musical, I think. So this must have been Geez, I can't remember the name of that play because I didn't like it very much. It was a weird one. Because at the place where we went to school, we mainly did comedies. But every once in a while, we would do a serious play. And this was a serious play. But like, it wasn't very good, to be honest. It was like a mystery or something, but the mystery was kind of stupid. And I just, I just remember not liking that play. But anyway, for whatever reason... It was decided upon Julie and I, as freshmen, that we had to put up lights. And I don't remember how many we had to do. For some reason, I don't remember it being a lot. Like, maybe it was, like, one or two or something? It was one on each side. Okay. Of the stairway. So, two. But it was, like, the most stressful thing we've ever had to do. And that is... It sounds like I'm being dramatic, but I would say that this, these lights were somewhere in the like 50 pound, maybe a little bit more than that range. Like they're big, like it probably like, you know, like the, the size of your stomach and the full weight of like metal and, you know, light equipment and all that kind of stuff. And so essentially what we had to do, I can't. Did we have to take a light down first and then put one up?
1: So we had to, like, we had to take it down, get it adjusted, and then go bring it back up. And this is on a stairway. So we're on a ladder on a stairway, so it's not even, (laughs) holding a 50-pound light that's worth more money than we've ever spent in our lifetime. And we have to one arm, because we have to steady the fucking ladder, one arm
0: adjust it, like, and throw it up while not trying to kill the other one. And it's, like, flippy, too. You had to, like, put it in a certain way. So, like, it wasn't, like, straightforward to put it on there. You had to, like, hold it. It was on a clamp,
1: and you had to, like, adjust (laughs) the clamp and, like, tweak it and move it with your one hand.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so it was, like, really heavy. You had to put it in a specific position, and then, like twist it or screw something in or whatever to get it on there and like you didn't even feel confident about it once it was there because like it didn't feel like it should stay so you'd like put it on there and you're like i hope i did this right (laughs) somebody trusted me with this hope it doesn't
1: fall on show night and kill someone's grandma like because it's not it's was high up like it wasn't like you know oh we had to get a ladder because we're short no it was like high up
0: in the fucking stage room yeah like 10 feet something like that yeah like, high enough that we had to use a ladder, for mm-hmm. sure. Like, not a tall- a tall guy could not have done this. Like, yeah. you have we to had to go to the top of a ladder while the other one held it, was like, are you okay?
1: <laughs> Please don't kill me! <laughs> Please don't drop the line on me! I can't catch or avoid. <laughs> If you throw this on me, I'm just gonna die. <laughs> I'm just gonna get knocked out and be gone. You
0: <laughs> will have to call 911. And then your ladder will fall, and then you will die on top of me. <laughs> and I really hope that our teacher is fine with that. Yeah. <laughs> Which apparently
1: he was. Yeah, no one wanted to do this for obvious reasons, but I don't still don't understand why they would ever trust anyone to do that. <laughs> I don't know why they trusted us to do that. We're this. the most ridiculous
0: pair of people. <laughs> like, and still it was because like we said we had to do it twice at least twice i i think it was just twice oh, and it was just so true like both times like i think we did it the first time and it was just like i don't want to do this again <laughs> tap <laughs> out <laughs> yeah. like that was so frightening <laughs> and then it was like well we said that we were so we like, just <laughs> well just
1: have, do, we it. Have to do it do <laughs> it well, I think we talked ourselves into it because we're like, we're never doing this again. This is our one. <laughs> like, If anyone asks us, be like, no, I did that already. <laughs> Not doing it again. You know, and the weird thing was, is I don't think anybody ever
0: did ask no, me to do it again. No, I don't think
1: anyone ever did it again. Like, I think they just wait for some patsies, like, every five years or so to, like, be ignorant enough to do it for them.
0: <laughs> and they just compensate the rest of the time. <laughs> Well, so that was the first one, and luckily that was only a mental injury, a mental <laughs> scarring. The other one that I want to talk about is where we did our theater, we did actually build our sets. I think we've talked about this slightly before. Like, we built the susicle set, and, you know, we built... Uh, Beauty and the Beast set. And, you know, it was always this kind of cool thing that we did. We'd build it by hand, be able to make it, you know, whatever we wanted it to look like, this and that. I mean, I won't say it was, like, super good. Like, you know, we... The triangles were interesting, other than that. (laughs) We, you know, were 14 to 18-year-olds with some adults. (laughs) Yeah. Part of what was difficult, though, about this was, one, putting it up, especially when it was something... We would build these things... Over and over and over and over again. And so after a while, they would get worn down. The nails would, or the screws wouldn't work as well. You know, this and that. So that became hard. Uh, just even like screwing things in became difficult. But then there was also putting it away. And one time, <laughs> this is probably like one of the worst injuries I've gotten. And I don't know if you remember this or not. But basically, we had taken apart a part of set. And so we were putting away like these four by eight sections of wood, and that was how we would make our set. And so I was having somebody help me, and what we would typically try to do was like to push them together and then like lean them against something. So whoever was helping me, I had it there, and I don't think I was like fully prepared. So they pushed it against the wall, and then I slammed my finger in between like the pallet and the wall, and basically my finger from my knuckle to the tip of my finger, turned purple. Like, and it was bad. Yeah. (laughs) Like, a horrible purple. And then the other thing, too, that was really weird about it is it was hot. Like, I remember that. Like, it was like, this is not good. Something (laughs) Something is is wrong. (laughs) I didn't go to the hospital or anything, so I don't know what that says about me. I'm turning. (laughs) I think it still moved, which was part of the reason why I was like, okay, I just gave myself a really weird bruise. But whew, that was, that was really painful. Well, if you've learned anything
1: from my stories, we don't go to the hospital. <laughs> Are you dying? No?
0: Move on. <laughs> well, except for the time I cut myself with a pizza knife. Yeah. But I think that that was just because they were afraid that I wasn't going to be able to use my hand anymore. But I still can use my hand, so it's fine. It's fine, people. Even after I smashed my finger and turned it purple, I still did the theater Although, to be fair, I think that show was one of the last ones I did.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know if it's correlative, but <laughs> it might be. It's a thing
0: that happened. I was like, you know what? This is uh, this is how I'm going to end this. <laughs> you know
1: what? Purple finger out.
0: <laughs> so, my whole point with this story is theater is dangerous. Theater will hurt you. <laughs> one, <laughs> one way or another.
1: Emotionally or physically.
0: physically. Look, like, if you got to change a light... Just I say t- no. Just don't do it. Or don't have 14-year-olds do it, because it's
1: traumatic. <laughs> Two 14-year-old girls whose combined weight was, like, 200 pounds. Okay? Like, this yes. is... Uh, this is not. And they were heavy. They were heavy. That's scary. Like, over half our goddamn weight. <laughs> <laughs> what are you supposed to do? Yeah. I didn't think about it like that. I'm like, how much do we even weigh back then? Yeah.
0: Like, that's like more than half our weight. We're bouncing on a fucking ladder. I know, that's why I was saying if we dropped these stupid things, we would have killed each other. <laughs> like... <laughs> and I don't know why they let us do that. Oh my gosh, our school. And it's so funny. Like some of the things like our school wouldn't let us do, and then some of the things that they would. It's just it's mind-boggling. Like I always thought it was so funny because our one musical teacher like he wouldn't let us do grease because he's like grease is too horny and which is fair it is probably too horny but then like there was all these other shows he wouldn't let us do for like similar reasons and then it's like but then you will let me pick up this light and go put it up like 10 feet from the ground and it weighs about half of me my friends down there just barely (laughs) holding on to this ladder (laughs) and i could Kill her, and you're fine with that. But you're worried about horniness. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, if
1: that's not the American school system, I don't know what is. (laughs) And to be fair,
0: or possible horniness. (laughs) To be fair, Greece is not that horny. No, like it's kind of horny. Okay, like look, I'm not gonna say it's not. Babette's hornier. Yeah, and I was Babette. You were Babette. (laughs) There, okay. There are some (laughs) moments in Greece for sure. Like a girl gets knocked up, like. But, like, we all know. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a secret. There's pregnant girls in our school. We can have
1: her play it! <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, so what, a, no. what a way. Yeah, <laughs> what a way. I got to be the pregnant girl in the play because
1: I was pregnant. <laughs> yeah, like, I got the part, Mom. Because <laughs> I'm going to be a mom. <laughs>
0: Okay guys, well we kind of fucked up, but here we are ready to end this episode. <laughs> Cause, Cause our last little section is uh the future. We'll get better at segues in I, next year. I guess. 2022. Maybe Why we'll... would you jinx us like
1: that? <laughs> Maybe we'll buy a Segway. Seg no. <laughs> <laughs> Segways are supposed to be natural, that's why when you focus on them, they get bad. <laughs>
0: Yeah, just like in real life when you're actually on a Segway. It's supposed to be natural. Except for- how I naturally move. (laughs) Except for the guy who invented the Segway, (laughs) rode it off a cliff, and died. I didn't know that! That's great! He was was trying to to show how responsive the stopping (laughs) was. And he rode it off a cliff, and he died. Can you imagine <laughs> being the people in that crowd? <laughs> like you're watching. You're like, I'm never gonna return my Segway. <laughs> like, I just watched the inventor of the Segway die. For, like those, like thirty to forty people
1: are probably scarred for. like... That's a beautiful story, though. I'll show you its stopping
0: power right now. Fuck. <laughs> like, what <laughs> are his thoughts as <laughs> he's going down? He's probably regretting <laughs> every single life choice. Like, he ever had. I mean, you
1: know you're probably gonna die. So, like, I just want to understand where his thoughts would be. Like, they'd probably be on the segue. Would he be trying to fix it on his way down? Like, he seems like that confident kind of guy. He's like, okay, I know exactly what we're wrong. It was a <laughs> like Out. Last <laughs> thought.
0: I'm pretty sure it would just be like, oh, fuck. Well, like, I'm trying to think of all my
1: near-death experiences and what, like, my last thoughts are and stuff. You're usually pretty aggressive and problem solving, so I feel like as an inventor he'd be the same way. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I'm trying to like fix the problem even though it's already happened. Like that's where I'm at mentally, so that's why I'm like, is he in the same boat? Like would he be like, Oh, I know what happened. <laughs>
0: so we're just not gonna talk about Great Bridge Bake Off. That's how we're gonna end this. Just talking about the same like... way. <laughs> Okay. Last so to part, segue real quick. Uh... <laughs> last part of Great British Bake Off. Okay. <laughs> My prediction. I want Giuseppe to win.
1: I just Now I just want Giuseppe to win because it's an adventure time. There's like a character called Giuseppe and it's like the weirdest episode. <laughs> okay. I'm for Giuseppe now. I don't even remember which one that is. I'm still so early
0: that like everyone's the same kind of. He's like... Kind of older. Like I would say he's probably in his forties and he's got grayish curly hair and he's Italian. Oh, I do yeah. know Giuseppe. I like Giuseppe. Yeah, he's probably my He's favorite. your dad guy, yeah. Like
1: you he's not gonna win.
0: <laughs> he's doing really well, actually. So I yeah. mean there's him and there's also like the German guy. His name's Jurgen. He's doing pretty I'm I kind of right now I'm feeling Both of them. There's also like a girl who's doing okay, but I don't know if she's doing like well enough at this point that I think that she's gonna win. But you never know. She's kinda like mid pack for me right now. But Giuseppe's Giuseppe's (laughs) That's who I
1: predict who's gonna win. Well their next episode we'll have to say like
0: Giuseppe
1: (laughs) But we can't give anything away, I guess. So it's kinda hard. Well, we'll see what. By the time this comes out, it might be. Over. Well, yeah, but we still don't want to ruin it for anybody that's like behind.
0: Yeah, so, so. we'll Whoa. we'll try to give you <laughs>
1: signals of like. So Giuseppe, um, <laughs> did a good job. <laughs> did it... <laughs> he was great and all, you know, at the thing. <laughs> time to get baked. <laughs> <laughs> that's different message. Different message. <laughs> We're two goody-two-shoes. We don't really associate those messages properly because <laughs> we don't do anything. <laughs> we don't do anything. That happens to me all the time. I'll just say something people look at me and I'm like, oh, right, that's what you hoodlums refer to as this. I'm, I'm basically 80 years old. I
0: don't, that's not how I think of it. <laughs> that's what you hoodlums refer to as the weed leaf. Yeah, the weed,
1: the Mary Jane, as it were. <laughs> <laughs> the
0: weed leaf day
1: that green Japanese maple thing. Like, <laughs> it always looks like a Japanese maple to me for a half a second. I'm like, nope, weed. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Why are you got maple leaf? Oh. oh right.
1: Weed. <laughs> weed. I'm in a lot of groups that apparently have a lot of, like, stoners, and so they'll post, like, their bongs all the time, and I'm like, that's such beautiful glasswork. Oh, right. <laughs> it's a bong. Uh, <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> I'm impressed, but... I Like, I think it's a, oh, a cup for half a second. Oh. I'm like, oops, I can see the bong. <laughs> I'm an old lady. (laughs) This was Passion for Your Passions with Julie. And
0: Krista, where we talked about the Great British Bake Off.
1: Hold on! It's a song can't think of it. <laughs> I like think it's by Foreigner. <laughs> or if it's not trademarked, Break British Bake Off. Bake Off. Can you say that five times fast? <laughs> that seems like Great. a hardened... Great British, British Bake Off. Bake Off. No, no no no. No. <laughs> no, no, no. no, no, Can't. It's a tongue twister now. <laughs> well, I ended up baking something last night, and they were beautiful. Look at them. What is it? They're Brock's, the German, like, stuffed rolls. What's inside of it? Beef and cabbage.
0: Because I don't know how long this section is going to last. Like, do you
1: have a lot to say? No. Okay. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah, essentially, as soon as I went, like, I just wanted to get a good segue because I was teasing you so bad. I'm like, here's a perfect segue. And I went, we shouldn't have done that. We should have done the story time. <laughs> I was like, but we're already here. <laughs> the segue was too good. Let's just get going. <laughs> <Come
0: on. laughs> It'll be a short end, I guess.
1: <laughs> Dad? Nothing. Nope. No. You asked me a personal question once, and it made me, like, have an existential crisis, so that was cool. Um, we're never doing that again. <laughs> okay, thanks. Bye. <laughs> no personal question. No, he asked me a personal question. I literally stopped was like, excuse me? Like, you've never in your life asked me a personal question. Where did that come from? What did mom do
0: to you? Like, <laughs> this seems like a mom fishing thing. I almost want to ask the personal question, but then I don't. Because, you know. Would you ever want to have kids? <laughs> what, father?
1: <laughs> You've never even asked what my favorite color was. Like, what? Where did that come from? <laughs> it's periwinkle blue, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> just in case you wanted to know. Father. Father. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it just, I literally stopped. We were, like, working. I literally stopped it was like... What? I was just talking because you usually don't listen to me. Like, what? What? Why is it?
0: Why is it that every other episode is the funny one? Why is why isn't that by every other episode we don't care anymore and
1: it's stupid? Because <laughs> we're compensating. Like, we can't be balanced, okay? We just have contrast. <laughs> That's all we are. And it's because we're like, oh, we did this really quick. What can we talk about? Let's let our
0: minds wander. <laughs> Segway. And then we always, and then in the later half of our episodes lately, we've been getting into controversies. The
1: outros. There, look at that uh, That horrible noise that I made. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Well, I'm mm-hmm. I'm editing it. No! <laughs> Looks like bat waves. <laughs> We could get a confetti cannon. What? What? that sound bad. I feel, like I, I feel like that would be for us and not the audience. And Krista is taking out a confetti can. It. And she's launching it at my face right now. I'm, I'm very scared. And very injured. Yeah. I'm in pain. <laughs> can I just get, like, a soundboard and just, like, do-do? Like a stupid, <laughs> stupid show. Sure. You can but... get a soundboard. <laughs> <laughs> Do-do-do. <laughs> I'll just record all the noises I make on a day-to-day basis and just play them instead of making them.